are some heavy things going on around the world that we need to stop and take a moment and pray for. Um, pray for peace in the Middle East. I'm gonna, I want to start by reading Psalm chapter 122. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There are the thrones for judgment. There the thrones for judgment stand, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. I want to take a moment and pray not just for Israel. We pray for Israel, but we pray for peace in that land. And if you can imagine a Palestinian as well, uh, whose lives, whose everybody in that region, whose families, uh, every, everything that they know that, have, that they have called home is being tampered with or destroyed or destructed. Um, just to take a moment and to pray to pray for the peace in the Middle East. So if you guys would, let's, let's go ahead and pray together. Father, God of all nations, God of the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke creation into existence, the one who seeks justice and loves mercy, the one who knows each one of us by name, knows the hairs on our heads, and knit us together in our mother's wombs. God of peace, God of love, God of mercy. God, we pray for our brothers and sisters we pray for peace in the Middle East. We pray for those who are experiencing turmoil and unrest, who face danger each and every day. God, we pray for the conflict, that you would intervene. God, we pray that you would stand in the middle of the, the Middle East and bring about all that you desire. God, I pray that your heart, I pray that your spirit, I pray that your omnipresence would be felt and move amongst the people in that entire region. So God, we, we offer this prayer up this morning in obedience to your word to pray for peace in Jerusalem. We ask this, Lord, in your name. Amen. All right. You know, I missed a week, and I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. So um, I'm glad to be back with you guys. There is a, a greetings and a welcome or a, and a, an offering of love from you from, or for you from the Arizona churches. I got to spend last week with um, my son and with Sam and Logan and Kira down in Tucson. We got to see Dan Akers Church. If you don't know Dan, he's our Western Region Director. Uh, he sends his love 
uh, as well as Roger, who used to be a pastor here 30 some years ago. Um, he sends his love as well. So he was at the, Leather, uh, the Lathrop Brethren Church that then started meeting here. Um, they all send their love to, to you all. And it was good to be with other brethren and to see how um, they run their churches and, and sort of what that looks like in a different context than what goes on here. So uh, greetings from them, and let's jump into our message. This morning, we are moving into a new series. Uh, we're going to be talking about epidemics. Um, we had a shift in, in series because I wasn't quite ready to preach the other one. Uh, the other series that we had talked about possibly doing was called Hot Topics. And today was supposed to be on LGBTQ in the community. I'm going to be honest with you and just let you know, I didn't feel prepared yet to speak directly into what our church's stance is or who we are, because I'm still learning a lot about um, the appropriate philosophical stance and, and how to address it and how to talk about it from this platform right here. I'm not sure yet. I'm really not sure yet. Um, but I am going to throw some elements of that into the service today uh, because I want to look at some of that from a different perspective and, and offer a different perspective on it. So today what we're going to be talking about is the epidemic of loneliness. Okay, Loneliness is, um, just, just to sort of define it, it's, it's not uh, partial to any person any age group, any gender, any ethnicity, okay? Loneliness is something that all of us probably will or have experienced at some point in your life. It's this silent affliction from within you that will transcend all of those different dem de demographics that you may fall into. There is a deep yearning for connection that we might not understand it could be unspoken, but when we are feeling lonely, there's a need inside of us that is not being met. Okay? Um, loneliness can be a, a, a daunting feeling. You can feel like um, a good word or a good way to describe it is that you are trapped inside of a closet. Okay? If you are in a closet, and I thought about this, uh, I was watching my kids play hide and seek the other day, a group of kids, and you know what always happens is when these kids, they'll, go, they'll find the best hiding place ever, right? And what happens after five, ten minutes? You start to hear from underneath the covers, right? Like they want to be found. They don't like hiding so well that they can't be found. They want to find a good hiding spot, but they don't want to remain there forever, Right? So even when the, the seeking out of loneliness is intentional, okay, that's more of solitude. When it becomes so much so that you feel lost and you can't be found, that's when loneliness starts to creep in. Okay? My goal for this morning is for all of us to realize God's omnipresence, his love for you, and that his presence, God's presence, can overcome any sense of isolation or solitude that we might experience. Okay. I am going to lean more heavily on my notes today because there's certain things that I want to say today that, of words that I've crafted that in, in talking about some of these things, and talking about epidemics, and talking a little bit about LGBTQ, and talking about our stances, I want my words to be a little bit more articulate and a little bit more refined. Okay. So I might look here a little bit more than normal, but it's because I want certain things to be phrased in a certain way. So 
Today, we're going to explore the reality of this epidemic. And I call it an epidemic because more people today are experiencing loneliness than ever before. Right? Um, just the elephant in the room, COVID-19 is a huge catalyst for that. When we were all forced into lockdown and, and social isolation, the feeling of loneliness crept up. And for some of us, we're still recovering from that. We can see numbers starting to dip a little bit from the data and research that I've looked at. That over the last three years, of course, in 2020, loneliness was at its highest peak ever in polls, Gallup polls, and all those things that were taken, okay? Over the last couple of years, it's come down, but it's still at a higher rate than it was before 2020, because people are still experiencing more loneliness than ever before. So let's unveil this crisis just a little bit. Hold on, I think I skipped one here. Okay, unveiling the loneliness crisis. Okay, according to a recent study by Cigna, over 61%, that's almost two thirds of adults in the United States report feeling lonely. And the largest demographic of loneliness is our young adult age group, okay? I don't see too many young adults in here, but if you are a young adult, okay, the reason why is in that age group, they need more connectedness. That's why when we're starting to talk about this young adult gathering that we're having right now, I get so excited about it because when they meet together, they're like, this is what I've been missing. This is what I need. Honestly, that next generation of young adults and below, they are longing for connectedness that they have not experienced maybe in their lifetime. And so when you start gathering, you start having these deeper conversations with them, this is where we need, uh, if you're in an older age group than that, they want to talk to you. You might not feel like it, but they want your wisdom. If you're a parent of a child, they want to have conversations with you. They're longing for it. 61% of adults in the United States report feeling lonely. Okay. Second, second uh, statistic, the impact of loneliness on mental and physical health is staggering. From BYU, they did a research, and they re revealed that loneliness can increase the risk of premature death by 50%. That's huge, okay, 50%. If loneliness is something that you are struggling with, premature death then creeps in at a rate of 50%. Um, thirdly, in our digital age, despite increased connectivity on our phones, right, loneliness persists. A study published in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine found that social media usage is associated with higher levels of perceived uh, social isolation. Right? I got to go to my 20-year uh, uh, reunion last night, high school reunion. I know, I feel like I'm getting to that age. 20 years. And I had a conversation with a friend who, a friend from high school, um, she became an Instagram influencer, right? That's a job, that's a job. But for her, she, she started talking to me and, and eventually it came out that she had to go through the 12 step program because she became codependent on her phone. When you looked at her screen time on her phone, it was upwards of 10 hours a day because she was constantly having to be on her phone to post and to like and to comment and to respond to where she realized that in her, her connectivity online, she, has, she had lost track 
of everything else in her life, and she was lonelier than she had ever been before. She went through the 12-step program, and now she has accountability set in place with her husband and her kids to be able to say, okay, I'm, this is how much I've done today. And they check her screen time every night. She sends out a little report of how much time she has spent on her phone in comparison to the face-to-face -face interaction she has with her family. Number four, statistically, those who are part of the LGBTQ community experience even higher percentages of loneliness, upwards of 66%. So, as we consider the epidemic of loneliness, might we also soften our heart toward the way we welcome and love all people? And I want, I want to take a minute here to address the church culture and addressing the issue of LGBTQ in the, in the church. And I'm not coming at this from an angle of theology. I'm not talking theologically whether or not you think this is a sin or not, or if, you know, however we should handle the, the theological side of, of what do you believe about the LGBTQ community. What I want to do is look at it from the perspective of loneliness. Okay? And I want to make it personal because for me, right, I've been honest with you guys up here, maybe to a fault, about my sugar addiction, right? That I like ice cream a lot. Here's the thing. I was in the closet about my sugar addiction, right? I was the one sneaking off by myself to go to McDonald's and get a McFlurry, okay? I don't know if you guys have done that before. I remained in that place until I made it known to all of you that I have a sugar addiction. When I did that, several of you have made it very obvious to me when I slip up and I make a mistake. When I went to Arizona with Sam, Sam would tell me every single time I had sugar, he would let me know, right? If you know Sam, you won't be surprised, okay? Maybe even snarkily so. <laughs> you got ice cream, you know? Like, yes, yes I did. Thank you for keeping me accountable, Sam. I was able to bring into the light something that I struggle with, a sin that I deal with. Now, on it, it's on a whole different level, but what I want to look at is the loneliness behind sin that is kept in the closet. Without me being able to have a place where I can come and share that with you, it would have remained in the closet. I wouldn't have accountability. Right? Nobody else would know. I wouldn't have a friend to point out to me when I'm making a mistake. I wouldn't have someone talking to me about the effects of sugar and the possibility of diabetes. Right? The enemy loves to work in the darkness. When things that we deal with or struggle with or... Uh, whatever it is that we need help with, if we keep them in the closet, they fester, they boil, and they win. Okay? So from the perspective of loneliness, we want to bring whatever it is that you are struggling with into the light. However, the only way we are able to do that is if we as a church or a people are willing to listen to those things.
This needs to be a place where whatever it is that you are struggling with, we are here to be with you. I don't know if any of you are into uh, church culture and hearing about how this is being addressed from church to church, but it's wild. From megachurch to megachurch to small church to small church, the lines are being divided. Right? The lines are being drawn in the sand where it says, you're either on this side or on this side. And thank you, Deb sent me a, a great message from Andy Stanley talking about how instead of drawing lines in the sand about how we stand on this issue, we really should be drawing circles and saying, okay, this is an encompassing circle. And if you're in, within this circle, you are within the circle of biblical theology. Instead of saying, if you stand on this direction or on this side of the line or on this side of the line, I cannot be a part of you or I cannot be with you. This is the reason why I didn't want to preach a whole message on it because I'm not ready or prepared to be able to say, this is the circle that we're drawing right now. But from the perspective of loneliness, I would love it if we were a church, and I believe we are a church, where anybody can come here and have a deeper conversation with us about whatever it is that you might want to talk about. Because we are a church that loves people. We love God, and we love people, and we want to have those conversations. Okay, jumping back to loneliness. Jesus is a God who understands loneliness. If you uh, remember the story from Matthew chapter 26, it's comforting to know and be reminded that Jesus, our Savior, our God, experienced loneliness himself, right? In Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, in his moments of agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he's going to the cross, Jesus said to his disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. But if you remember, his disciples couldn't even stay awake. I don't know if you've ever experienced sorrow to the point of wanting to die. The heaviness and the weight. Jesus taking on all of the sins of the world, knowing that he is going to have to pay the ultimate price. All he wanted to do was be with his disciples and have someone around him praying with him. And they couldn't even stay awake. Jesus felt loneliness. They left Jesus to face his anguish alone. So Jesus understands the depths of our loneliness. And he is present to comfort us. Now, there are a lot of reasons why loneliness may creep in. I do believe one of the biggest reasons nowadays for loneliness that we experience is the technological advances. It is the phone that we tend to think that we are connected with people, right? But the rise of social media, it fosters comparison. It gives you a sense of inadequacy. And it, it, is, it tends to take the place of a face-to-face -face interaction with someone. The convenience of online interaction, shopping on Amazon. You're not even talking to storefront owners anymore and knowing how to have a conversation. 
It leads to the lack of genuine human contact. We need genuine human contact. And if I can, just put in a shameless plug real quick. If you are not going to one of our gatherings, I highly encourage it because in our gatherings, we are having those face-to-face interactions. We're talking with one another and not just in a sense of, hey, this is my best life, look at it. But we're talking more deeply about the things in our life. Another one, a social dynamic that I know I've had to repent of as well, the fast-paced life that we tend to fall into. It's a trap. The busyness of this life, and and I've confessed that, that when you're going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, doing and doing and doing and doing, we often forget to take time to just be there. Instead of doing, practice being, being a part of the conversation being with the people you are with. Through it all, God gives us a promise. It's the promise of God's presence. God is present because the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. And now here's the solution. Okay? I've talked about the epidemic of loneliness. I think we kind of get it. Right? I think there is uh, this epidemic that, that our culture is experiencing where we feel isolated, we feel alone, we feel depressed, we feel anxious. The solution is falling more heavily into God, the Holy Spirit, as our omnipresent God who is with you all the time. God is everywhere because the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He exists here now in this room. If you guys would with me for one second, Just imagine that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, is in this room with you right now. How much would that change your perspective on life? I'm not preaching to a crowd of people right now. I'm preaching to a God who is here with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, when he gives the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, he says, surely I am with you always. The power to go and preach the gospel and to, be, uh, to do the great commission, the power comes from the presence of God. It's not within your strength that you are going to save anyone's soul. You don't have that power. The Spirit does. And he is with you always. You can't overcome loneliness by yourself. I I heard a a quote from uh, another pastor this week, a guy that I follow on Instagram, and he said, living the Christian life is not hard. It's impossible. You cannot live the Christian life by yourself. It is impossible because it's meant to be a life that is overcome with the Spirit, that He makes you a new creation, that you become someone completely different than who you were in your carnal flesh. You become a child of the living God when the Holy Spirit comes and resides within you. And he is with you and he is with us and he is here now listening to this and and trying to comfort each one of you that may be experiencing a part of this loneliness. 
In Isaiah 41, chapter, or chapter 41, verse 10, the Lord says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This, this is a promise assured to us that even in our loneliest moments, Jesus is by our side. He's ready to strengthen and uplift us. Jesus is with us. All right. This is the power of connection. When we are gathering together as believers, we are growing stronger with one another. I miss being with you guys on a weekly basis. If I miss a Sunday, like I missed last Sunday, I missed you guys. I missed seeing faces that I don't get to see throughout the week. I missed being able to share this, the good news of the gospel of Jesus, that he is always with us. I missed the strengthening laughter and joy and spirit that comes from worshiping God together and having conversations together. This is the power of connection, and this is why we gather together as a church to encourage one another, to uplift one another to foster a sense of belonging and unity, gathering together with the one purpose of praising Jesus. So we want to cultivate these types of gatherings and engage with each other. So a practical way to enhance this community and this connectedness, just a couple things. First one, engage in active listening with one another. That when you're having a conversation with someone else, look them in the eye, look into their eye, and say, I see you. Not, you don't have to like, just say, hey, I see you. But look in their eye, let them know that you are listening to them. Stop pseudo-listening and actually engage in the conversation. Show genuine concern for others. That will help you with your loneliness. And then combat loneliness by creating atmospheres of understanding. In fact, I was just talking to my son this morning about looking for opportunities to do acts of kindness for other people. When you are thinking outside of yourself to someone else, about someone else, and, and, and wanting to do an act of service or an act of kindness, all of a sudden the loneliness that's focused within tends to dissipate. That if you're able to show love through acts of service and kindness, loneliness tends to fade away because you're getting the attention off yourself and onto someone else. While Jesus is our constant companion, he is omnipresent. He is here with us. He also provides us with this community of believers that can support and walk through whatever issue it is that you may have. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, he urges us to not give up on meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. The church, the body of Christ, is a place where we can find companionship and a sense of belonging, knowing that we are not alone in our journey of faith, that this is a hard road to walk. To be a believer in Jesus is not easy. And I don't want to fool anybody. In fact, when I try to communicate to the gospel to someone who doesn't know Jesus, I try to start by saying, I don't know if you really want to do this. 
To become a Christian is not an easy thing to do. Yes, it is in the fact that you can just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, but the calling is much, much more than that. It's to abide in him. It's to remain in him. It's to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's to lean on one another when you don't know what to do. It's to address those things in your life that you know the Holy Spirit is convicting you of and saying, I'm going to take a step towards sanctification and repent of these things. Repentance is not easy because it takes a turning around from something that you're used to, something that has come naturally or easy to you because of your sinful flesh. Following Jesus is not an easy calling. It may even cost you your life. In fact, it should cost you your life. Take up your cross and follow me. He says, in following me, you put to death everything else in your life to keep your eyes fixed on him. So, because of that, we don't give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but we encourage one another through the word of God, that through these promises that God gives us, that he is with you always, we're able to overcome the sense of loneliness and social isolation. So church, as we navigate through these things together, the challenges of an increasingly lonely world, let us remember that connection is a, is a fundamental human need, that we got to be together, that we're united in Christ. By acknowledging the reality of loneliness in this epidemic, we embrace the power of community and who we are in him. We can make a difference together in the culture of this world. Okay. With that, I, I do want to take a time of, of prayer as we worship together. Um, I asked uh, Kira and Prague, they're going to be in the back Back there to, or Deb, you're going to be back there, Deb and Prague. This is the thing I want to encourage you to do. It's not easy. If you have sin in your life that has been kept in the closet, that has been hidden in the darkness, feeding the loneliness of your soul, in some ways I get jealous of the, the Catholic Church because they have a box that a priest sits in and you can go and talk to them and confess your sins. Because you get it out, right? The good thing about Protestant church is that we are all the saints, okay? And we can all pray for one another. You don't have to confess it to me. You don't have to confess it to a priest sitting in a box. We can confess it to one another, and in doing so, you bring darkness into the light. That's what I'm offering Prague and Deb in the back, or if you want to pray with me, I'll be up here too, to be able to bring into the light whatever it is that you might be struggling with so that you're not walking through it alone. So if you would, go ahead, bow your heads with me, let's pray, and the worship team's going to come up and lead us in a couple more songs. God, you are a present God. Your spirit is here amongst us. It's within us. It's all around us. There is no hiding from you, God. God, you, you know me, you know us, 
in all the little compartments of our lives that we tend to push aside or put in, into places where nobody else can see them, you know them. And we want to be set free from those things. We want to be set free. We want to walk in the freedom that you offer in forgiveness and grace. And God, I pray that this would be a, a place where there is nothing hidden. And that in, in that nothing being hidden, there is no shame, there is no guilt, there is only grace and mercy to overcome all things. God, may we walk freely in the grace of Christ. That darkness would be exposed, that light would come in and, and overwhelm this place, that your light, God, would overwhelm this place. Your light is truth. May we walk in your truth. God, we pray.